This is Bobby Guy with the 10 Minute Health BizCast. This is album four, track 10. With us today is Josh Trantum, PhD, who's the President and Chief Investment Officer of Curex Capital Advisors. Curex is a sector-focused biotech hedge fund based out of Nashville, and it's exciting to see Nashville as a healthcare services hub transforming into a life sciences town as well. This may be a very good example of how the lines are blurring as healthcare sectors are rapidly integrating across the country. Josh has a PhD in biomedical engineering from Vanderbilt, And over a 20-year career, he's worked in investment management and as an executive at life sciences companies. Josh, welcome. Great. Thank you, Bobby. Thanks for having me. So let's talk about the state of the biotech industry in the U.S. Can you give us an overview and your thoughts? Sure. Well, I, I really can't think of a more exciting time for the industry. And it's really driven by a number of different technology themes that, that in my view, are at the part of uh, the innovation and, uh, and potential uh, for biotech. Uh, some examples of those themes are uh, the rapid decline in cost of sequencing uh, a human genome. Uh, for, as an example, kind of dig into that a little bit more. Uh, you know, if we were to rewind the clock 15 years, it would have cost roughly $10 million to sequence a full human genome. And uh, five years later, that was down to about $10,000. And today we're less than $1,000 to sequence a human genome. And uh, we're within a couple of years, uh, if not sooner, of a $100 to $500 genome. And so that is uh, creating uh, many new markets for uh, biotechnologies in healthcare. Another example are a number of breakthroughs in gene editing technology. And that is really the ability to precisely edit out of uh, DNA uh, mutated or defective uh, genetic material that might be behind uh, a disease. And so some breakthroughs in gene editing over the last uh, five to 10 years are are really now culminating in uh, some very intriguing clinical trial data that represents a proof of concept for for vast new markets for for genetic-based diseases. Um, you know, and then additionally, uh, in addition to those two technology themes, uh, we're really now uh, past the, the the major breakthroughs of 2020 in the form of COVID vaccines based on messenger RNA vaccines, and that represents an entirely new drug class that has now been clinically and commercially validated, and there are many new uh, indi- diseases and indications that, that 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 technology can be applied to. And so those are just three examples of some, some very significant technology trends. Uh, the significance of any one of them cannot be overstated. And so I think we're really set up for some exciting years ahead for, for biotech and, and the impact that biotech is going to have in medicine and healthcare. How do you see biotech changing healthcare delivery overall over the next five years and the next 20 years in the U.S.? Well, the, the, the ultimate promise of biotech is to prevent and cure disease. And so if we can imagine a world where uh, we can, where biotech really comes through in preventing and curing many diseases, clearly there will be implications for the delivery of healthcare. 
and some examples of how uh, this might come to fruition in the coming years, say five, 10, even 20 years, uh, can be summarized in a few examples. Uh, one example is the idea of early cancer detection. And this is something that uh, is within grasp within the next couple of years. We've been hearing uh, fairly recently about some advancements from Illumina's GRAIL project uh, that enables the detection of cancer through a blood test. And what enables that, uh, that technology is uh, something I mentioned earlier, which is the, low, the relative low cost of sequencing a human genome. And that's at the heart of that technology. And so the downstream effects of, say, for example, an annual blood test that, that can detect the presence of early stage cancer would be ultimately a much lower incidence of late stage cancer treatment. And uh, clearly that has implications for healthcare delivery. Uh, you know, when you combine the possibility of detecting cancer early with some of the newer therapeutics that have been very uh, impactful and effective against treating cancer, uh, you can really start to impact those mortality rates of cancer. Uh, so that has clear implications for uh, oncology, uh, the oncology side of healthcare delivery. Another example of how biotech is likely to impact healthcare delivery comes in the form of prognostic tests. And, and here, these are, these are blood tests that uh, predict patient risk to certain diseases. And one example uh, here might be a blood test that can predict a patient's risk of developing chronic kidney disease years later. Uh, kidney disease is something that, if caught early, is addressable. And through lifestyle changes and, and other changes, you can oftentimes change the chance of a patient uh, ending up in end-stage renal disease. And uh, once a patient goes on dialysis, uh, they never come off dialysis. And the mortality rates, the five-year mortality rates of dialysis patients are unfortunately very high, and that's also very expensive treatment uh, on the healthcare system. And so this is just one example of a prognostic test that can really change the course of some chronic diseases. And uh, that has implications beyond just uh, renal disease, but but others as well. And some of the technologies that are enabling the development of prognostic tests include not only DNA sequencing, uh, but also some of the advancements in uh, computing analytics, uh, data analytics, machine learning, AI, really bringing to bear those computing technologies uh, to be able to integrate data uh, from a number of different sources, whether it's from a DNA sequence, from blood-borne biomarkers, and electronic healthcare record data. Uh, so the, the rollout of prognostic tests that can really help identify uh, patient risk uh, combined with newer treatments for those diseases, uh, I think is, is also gonna be a very significant trend for healthcare of the next, say, five years, five to 10 years. And then in the kind of 10 year plus range, I think another example is the increasing availability of effective gene therapies. You know, gene therapy is, is is a term that we, we've all heard of. Uh, you know, this research really started decades ago, uh, but it hasn't been until the, the last five, 10 years that uh, some additional technological advancements have really enabled gene therapies to become uh, realized in, uh, in healthcare delivery. Uh, and, and so I think we're going to start seeing significantly more gene therapies coming online over the next five, 10 years and, 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 and thereafter. Can you give us a few examples of gene therapies? Sure. There's currently two FDA-approved gene therapies uh, on the market 
in the United States. One is uh, a treatment for spinal muscular atrophy. That's a drug called Zolgensma. Uh, another one is a, a gene therapy that is a cure for a rare type of pediatric blindness. And uh, in both cases, these are single shot uh, cures to the disease. And uh, while, while there are only a couple on the market today, there are hundreds in clinical trial development. And so there's, there's really been a, a, a significant increase in the number of gene therapies that, it, that have made it beyond just preclinical testing, but also into the clinic and are being uh, tested on humans. And, uh, and so there is a high degree of likelihood that a, a, a large number of these are going to be able to make it to market uh, over the next five, 10 years. Wow. That changes a lot of people's lives. Very exciting. So let's talk about Curex for a minute. What led you to start Curex Capital? Sure. Well, I, I've spent much of my career uh, developing products in, across the three major categories of life science, uh, mainly being therapeutics, medical devices, and diagnostics. And also a after having been uh, a biotech and medtech analyst uh, in the investment arena, you know, I've really seen firsthand over the years uh, the advancement of these very impactful technologies that I've, I've seen having uh, tremendous opportunity for, for medicine and for future breakthroughs. And so I, I really saw an opportunity to build an investment firm that could position uh, clients appropriately for this really exciting growth opportunity that we see ahead. Life sciences and biotech is also a sector of the economy that requires a technical understanding of the science uh, in order to you know, pick winners from losers. And so I really couldn't think of a more exciting way to, to work at the intersection of uh, science, technology, and finance. And, uh, and so I, I saw that opportunity for Curex and, and was really excited to, to launch the company. So as we close, I'd love to know, from your perspective, if you could change just one thing about U.S. healthcare, what would it be? Well, that's a that's a tough one, Bobby, because I, I, <laughs> I have several ideas. <laughs> My answer to the question really reflects the fact that I'm, you know, I come at this from from an investor standpoint as well as a technologist and engineer, not so much a healthcare services operator. Uh, so, with that in mind, you know, I I, I see opportunities to improve, uh, you know, structurally uh, the system in a way that can promote and incentivize uh, the development and commercialization and, and adoption of some of these newer technologies that we see at the heart of uh, future ways of preventing and curing disease. And so some examples uh, would be, you know, the, the adoption of price transparency so that product developers uh, can have earlier and more reliable information as to what the future pricing of those products will be. Uh, you know, we saw the, the MCIT program that was enacted a year or so ago and then, and then revoked recently, you know, we saw as an excellent opportunity uh, to promote some of that price transparency for the developers of breakthrough medical devices. Uh, so that's just one example. But also, you know, streamlining regulatory processes and then also adopting, uh, you know, virtual clinical trials and other ways of reducing clinical development costs. Uh, all of these things could work together. Uh, to really streamline and facilitate the the development and commercialization of of effective new technologies. Uh, so those are those are the areas that I would I would focus on. Josh, thanks for joining us. Great, thanks, Bobby. This has been the Ten Minute Health Bizcast, broadcasting from Nashville, Tennessee. Thanks for joining us.